Before we get started, I would like to briefly warn listeners that this fanfic that we are reviewing today, and therefore our discussion of it, do briefly touch on themes of uh, trafficking and, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, sexual assault. Um, It is implicit at one point and explicit. Nothing actually happens, but it is something that is discussed as a possibility and a motivation for certain things that happen later in the story. So if these sorts of things are... Uh, things that make you uncomfortable or things that you'd rather not hear um, either move on to the next episode of this or just be wary that these are things that do come up we don't get very deep into it and neither does the story I just wanted to make sure that any potential viewers or listeners were aware that this is something that is discussed with all that said please enjoy this episode of the unironic masterpiece fanfic theater so here's the idea I had imagine like a character he's like the royal advisor like unerringly loyal to his cause and his king and he is like the guy who gets things done and his loyalty is not in question but the kick is he has emperor palpatine energy <laughs> like so like he he's uh he's got this hunch and he's always wearing this big dark hood and he's really pale he's got crooked yellow teeth he only had an accident when he was younger so his face is like his jaw is stuck in this constant uh-huh. smile and like he he grew up around a morgue and working at a morgue, mm-hmm. so he's got this really tragic way of speaking because all <laughs> of the turns of phrase he knows are Gallows humor. Yeah. And he's just super loyal. He like always defeats the king's enemies by capturing them in overly complicated death traps. And I just want that character to exist. Yeah. I call him Lord Traitorous. <laughs> okay. Um, can he can he be in the movie? Tell you what, I'll get back to you after I finish casting the other roles, and then we'll see what we can do with some rewrites. Yes. Welcome back to the Unironic Masterpiece Fanfic Theater. I'm Nick. That magnificent pitch you just heard was brought to us by Steven, and Jesse is once again with us, our special guest as always. Hi. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Alright, well today, um, we are reviewing Miracle, uh, which is a reasonable length fan fiction by an author known as the repeat um profiles on both ao3 and fan fiction if you'd like to catch up however i will start this off by saying that this does contain a large number of spoilers for fire emblem awakening on the 3ds and if you haven't played that um that might help you understand some of what's going on isn't that right jesse I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> also, full disclosure, we have reached out to the author in this case to get her permission to post. She has not replied to us, so at the moment we're going to post, but if this video disappears or if this podcast disappears, now you know why. I, I feel like if it's disappeared and they're not hearing this, then they wouldn't know why in the first place. But hey, um, that was a weird segue. Yeah, we don't have followers. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, Initial initial impressions, first thoughts. How do you guys want to start this off? Today? I really like this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite thing we read so far. It's also the easiest to read. Yeah. Like, la- last time we, I read some Ron Sailor Moon thing, and the constant names switching was just, I didn't learn a single thing. Well, and a, a big part of that is because this one is more heavily focused on original content yeah. than the others. Um, yeah. It relies a lot less on the source material as far as characterization and and plot development go and previous knowledge and it's more focused on an original sort of story and characters within that pre-established mm-hmm. setting and even then the setting is presented because premise wise i mean this is a character with amnesia 
who doesn't remember anything. So they're learning everything for the first time just as much as the reader is. See, I'm, I'm just going to predict what I think our scores are going to look like before we even get into anything like that. I think mine's going to be absolutely glowing because I know it is. I think Jesse is going to have like a really good score. He's going to consider it really well. And I think Nick is going to be the one who's like, I like it, but also Europe. <laughs> this will be fun. Um, Tell us a bit about Fire Emblem Awakening, Nick. Yeah, uh, Fire Emblem. Okay, so I played a couple of the Fire Emblem games growing up. Um, my cousin, I bought my GameCube, my first one off of him when I was younger. And he had, I think it was Burning Blade. Uh, no, it's Path of Radiance on on that. And I never owned it, but I borrowed it from him a couple times. It's and, the one with Ike the Bike. Yes. Um, and I, fuck, I love that game. It was awesome. <laughs> Um, and here and there I played a couple of the Game Boy ones. I forget which ones exactly. I was really young. But then when, uh, when we finished high school, we were going off to college, uh, like two days before I moved into my dorm, I went to GameStop and went, well, I'm either buying Bravely Default or Fire Emblem Awakening. And flipped a coin, bought Fire Emblem, fell in love with the game, with the universe, with the story, the characters, especially the characters. And I've kind of been on that hype train ever since. Um... Story-wise, which I'm assuming is what you were wanting me to get to. Basically. First, yeah. Jesse, have you ever... Did you bother to look at anything for Fire Emblem Awakening story? Or did you just decide to go fly by the seat of your pants? No, just every time a name popped up, I would I typed in Fire Emblem on Google and then put in the name. <laughs> and most of them weren't real people, yeah. so it didn't matter. Most of them were OCs. Yeah. Um, until... Uh, the very end of the fic. And all they were in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <them>. Betrayed my <laughs> He's not wrong. cast of thousands. All but like four of the characters from Fire Emblem that were presented in this story are Smash characters now. Yeah, a lot of them. I, I think um, Team Four Star did their review of the Sonic movie and we're talking about how we're we're this much closer to getting a Smash Brothers movie. I saw movie. that one, yeah. But first we need to get like 20-something Fire Emblem movies. Correct. Um, so these, the basic plot of Fire Emblem Awakening is that you play this character, Robin, you wake up in a field, and you have the, essentially, the prince of the land you're in finds you and says, hey, you're my tactician, now you're going to help me kill people. Well, it's a good thing he has amnesia. It's a really good thing he has amnesia, because that lends credibility to the premise, and we'll get to that later. Um, the important details we're looking for are the prince, Krom's older sister. Emrin. The exalt. Is it Emrin or Emrin? I, I always read it as Emrin, because it's E-M-M-R-Y-N-N, I think. Well, yep. to mitigate confusion, I think we'll just call her M. M. That's for most excellent. Of this review. Um, <laughs> but uh, M, she is a major character for about the first third yeah, of Fire that's, Emblem that's Awakening. Probably a good, good. Uh, there's this kingdom they're fighting against, and they're all like mer violence, and M is like mer no violence, and it ends with her heroically throwing herself off the side of a cliff. Yeah. So basically, it she, makes more sense in context. I she's swear. put in a situation where. She's a hostage, and both her brother and Robin have to make this decision to either save her and give up the Fire Emblem, which is the MacGuffin of the series. Um, it's a thing made by a dragon to kill dragons, I think. Yes, that's <laughs> essentially what... It's made of a dragon by a dragon to kill another dragon. Yeah, I A specific it. dragon. Um, dragons just have a lot of utility. Yes, they do. It's quite. They're quite dogmatic in their utility. Um, so, <laughs> that look... Uh, so basically, Emrin throws herself off this building to take the choice away from her brother so that rather than sacrifice her or give him the chance to sacrifice her, she does it herself to end the war faster. So this fic focuses on that character, M, after she has thrown herself off 
off of a cliff. Uh, this big battle happens. Now she's wandering around in the desert, amnesiac. And before we get into things, full disclosure, I don't know if you guys know this at all. There is a spot pass mission yes. in Fire Emblem Awakening where uh, this is kind of like... I I'm pretty sure this is where the premise of the fit comes from yep. anyway. Because uh, there's a spot pass mission where one of the beats in this story happens. Basically, years later, the Radiant they Hero find mission? Amnesiac M yeah. like in a random village. And you get to recruit M into your, your cast of Fire Emblem whatevers. And maybe she won't even die again. Right. Do you know, if you play on casual, then she definitely won't even die again unless yeah. you're Hal Emmerich. But, um, um, yeah. That's an inside joke. But um, the way that this story runs is sort of off of that premise. And we're, we're going with Amnesiac M, who doesn't know who she is, doesn't remember anything, doesn't remember how to do a lot of really anything. And now she just kind of has to make her way in the world. She kind of just has a, a basic understanding of language, and that's pretty much it. You know, motor functions and whatnot. It's it's your sort of traditional take on amnesia. She has to relearn how to speak despite understanding what people are saying to her for the most part. Maybe not understanding the concepts, but the words themselves make sense. I'd say it's more she needs to relearn how to use words. Yeah. Um, Here, bring it in so I don't feel like I'm peeking everything all the time. That being said... I think we can sort of just jump into just jump right into premise it. stuff. Yeah. What did you guys think of our, our first grading criteria of the day? The premise of this story. What were your general thoughts on that? Uh, who, who wants to start? Me or you? I don't even know how to start that. I'll go ahead and start because I know I'll at least <clears throat> be glad about it. Okay. Um, I really like this premise. I don't think the premise itself is something that is like incredibly out there. Right. But I think it's something that definitely shows the potential that the idea has before you even get into the story. Right. Just thinking of, okay, this is what you're going into. Does this pull you in? That's sort of where I'm coming from. It's a strong premise. It's a good hook. I think it's something that will get you started. What do you think, Jesse? I think it was my favorite thing I've read so far. I actually really liked it. Uh, I don't know anything about Fire Emblem, but Fire Emblem doesn't even matter to like, part six or something yeah, somewhere around there <laughs> there's a couple of references here and there to yeah. the, like the way things work within the universe oh, yeah. it seems really awkward when you're just like amount of politics yeah. but otherwise i think my favorite thing that happened just during general chat before this even started there's a random block of text where m is like learning to recite and she just gives this big block of text that's just like regular world history. And Jesse's just like, and with that, you've lost me. <laughs> the Fire Emblem is the national treasure of Ulysses. <laughs> Ulysses, probably. He has a screenshot of this pulled up on his phone, ready to go. Composed of a fang from the dragon god Naga. In ancient times, it was known as the Shield of Seals. <laughs> In Sage of Power, it was used to seal the Earth Dragons. The first exalt of Yulizu was a fell dragon, Grimma, yes. eternal slumber, five gemstones, a zervert. Vert's green. Uh, something unlocked dragon All right, slaying. So that, I mean, that is literally the premise of Fire Emblem Awakening. Like, not the premise. That's sort of the driving force behind the story of the main game. I yeah. didn't even read that paragraph when I saw it the first time. Yeah. I just... So, here's where my opinions on this come in. Everyone leans forward. Um, 
It's a remix of the Fire Emblem Awakening premise uh, with a different character who didn't get a whole lot of screen time, air quotes, um, that is incredibly believable given what we've seen in the story, fits really well with the story that presented and is entirely plausible as far as this sort of setup goes. I really liked the premise. I thought it was a good fit for the story. Score-wise, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Because I think they're... Maybe just in the premise itself, we could put maybe something a bit more unique. But as for what it is, like you said, it's a twist on the original premise of the game itself. I can't even really tell what that last point is coming off of. It just didn't go, hmm, 10 to me. Yeah. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for Jesse? 10 out of 10. I think I'm going to surprise you both when I say, I also gave it a 10 out of 10. Hey, yeah. Hey, so that's a 9 from Steven, a 10 from Nick, and a 10 from Jesse. For once in my life, I don't feel like I'm just giving away these points. Yeah. Uh, So we're off to a pretty good start here. Um, I guess in this case, we'll move on to source consistency. Jesse! Okay, so I have to ask spoilers about the end of Fire Emblem. So, yeah, um, I'm going to insert this little bit of dialogue here before we actually start the conversation. So one sec, real quick. Just a warning, if you have not read this fic, if you have not read either of the other two parts and you would like to avoid spoilers, please either go ahead and play Fire Emblem Awakening or read this fic on your own before we begin the discussion. Thanks. Spoil the crap out of it. Yeah, right. right. So, there's two things. One that I really just want a yes or no answer to. After Robin kills evil Robin, does he come back? Yes. Yes. In the same field? Yes. yes. Okay. And then you mentioned that we, uh, did they find M as an amnesiac? Does she ever start to get her memories back? Or is it just kind of you find her and now she's a You find her and now she's a unit for the most okay. part. Yes, kind of. Does um, no one care like Krom and Krom's sister? Well, here's the thing. It is Her a spot Lisa. pass mission, which basically means it is not just optional. It also might not even be You'll in your game never if you it. weren't walking around with your 3DS yeah. in sleep mode in your pocket. Which, fortunately, because around this time I I was playing my 3DS a ton. I was brand new on campus. You know, I, I walked around with my 3DS in my pocket on Wi-Fi on all the time. I managed to get almost every spot pass event to happen. So as far as uh, just consistency with the canon of the game, mm-hmm. with the events that go in there, yes. It is It is consistent yeah. with that. Well, then I think it's f- perfectly consistent <laughs> as far as my knowledge of not Fire Emblem goes. See, here's what I'll say. I And this is what I have in my notes. I blame this fic for the fact that, quote, Fire Emblem Indoor Plumbing, unquote, <laughs> is on my Google search history. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was actually curious about that the first time she used a sink when she was in John's house. And then the, the pipe broke and... It was even before the... It's literally when she's using... Oh, yeah. Just when she's, like, washing dishes. dishes. And I'm just like... They don't mention sink until a few chapters later, which is a really weird thing. It was just like... I always think about what it's like in the past, and I'm like, everything seems fine. And we gotta go back. Sink. <laughs> they, they, they have running water, and I don't know if that's anachronistic at all. I do know that there's, like... There's multiple... If you're playing as a female Robin, there's multiple times where Robin and Crom walk in on each other in the shower. Yes. Many. That happens a lot. <laughs> they, yes. Um, Is that why they're always supposed to be embarrassed around being near each other? Yeah, because yeah. the implication being that everyone thinks they're in a relationship. And granted, at, at the end of the day, I kind of decided to overlook that because this is Japanese, which means that despite this being like medieval society, the women probably all have bras and panties because... 
Japan. Probably. Um, the, so as far as source consistency goes for me, uh, yeah, no, it, it followed the, the, let me start that sentence over. That was a mess. It fit really well into the established universe. Um, the author seemed to have a very good understanding of what does and doesn't work within this canon. There were a few odd dialogue choices, uh, which could be chalked up to some of the localization mm -hmm. in Awakening. But uh, Lissa walking into the room with Krom and Emrin in the last part and saying, yeah, I just wanted to spend some time with the fam kind of pulled me out <laughs> of it a little bit. Honestly, but I mean, that was like super late in and Liss is kind of written like that anyway. In that's kind of the one game. of the things that because for source consistency, I wasn't just thinking like with the canon. I was also thinking with like um, the characters and the way that they're written in the game. Mm -hmm. And Lissa was actually one of the things that I found myself particularly impressed with because she's there for so little time. Right. But. Um, kind of immediately recognizable even within the that author very does short a very frame. good job capturing that particular character's voice immediately yeah whenever she enters a scene i felt like um because m is her own thing largely yeah so you can't really compare her with consistency yeah because you very very get very little time with her in game yeah. you get no conversations one-on-one -on -one with her aside from her saying hey go do this robin felt very robin-y frederick felt very frederick-y um so having read part of Into the Out Realms, and I want to go back and start that over because it's been ages since I, I put Full it disclosure, Into the Out Realms is the sequel to this fix. Yes, sorry. Um, there will be more on that later. I, I really like the way that The Repeat writes characters. I think they're very good at it, very good at making things feel real, feel natural, and consistent within these characters. I Even agree. if they deviate from... The source they stay consistent within a logical path of character progression the last thing i wanted to touch on for consistency was uh because this is really the first thing that we're looking at with a series that has tones and themes that mm -hmm. are as prevalent as they are in fire emblem yes. i'm not saying fire emblem's a masterpiece in that respect no but the but other things we've looked at are mega man and dragon Rainbow ball and dragon ball. and sailor moon <laughs> A lot of there's a lot of stuff being there's a lot there. less depth in some of those than there is in Fire Emblem. But um, Fire Emblem, <laughs> excuse me, I'm no. sorry. Fire Emblem is always very focused on a thematically. It's about war. Yes. And even though you're like playing usually a tactician and murdering enemies by yes. the score. Yep. You are or beating children in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh boy. To be fair, they're child soldiers, <laughs> be, so I guess... It, to be fair. To be fair. But um, this story, I... <laughs> darn it. Are you I'm okay? I am not. Okay. <laughs> Jesse's patting me with Affectionately. You'll be okay, buddy. Use your med staff. But um, this story does a very good job touching on those themes of war. Because a um, very good job. Fire Emblem is not typically about the domestic side of things, because usually you are a band of merry soldiers and or child soldiers, and usually the end, yes. The um, the the bend of this story is largely around sort of that domestic side of things, because it's less about the war; it's more about the girl. Less domestic, more violence, and. 
in this case, that was bad. It was, kind bit. Of it was really see, bad. I'm sorry. We see the effects that war has on that domestic side of things. Mm-hmm. We sort of get to see her enjoy that domestic bliss for a while, which is something then, I touched on later in my review. It it yeah, it really mm-hmm. does focus more on the little things, whereas the story itself is generally or the series is more focused on the big yeah. picture and sort of implies a lot of these little things, but doesn't really have the time to stop and analyze every single little one as it moves through. I think the... Which is what the paralogues are usually for. mm -hmm. Paralogues being side quests within the main story, sorry. Maybe the only thing I have a bit of an issue with, I keep coming back to this, it's that Cloud, Aerith, and Bob syndrome, where you have, like, characters with names that you're like, I'm not sure if this is throwing me or not. (laughs) Because we have Crom and Lissa, and Robin. Totally thought it was Lisa. And John. John. (laughs) To be be fair. To be fair. Darn it. (laughs) The uh, Fire Emblem is like Japan's whole, like, we're going to try Western fantasy. So all their names are like things that like Japanese speakers would think sound like Western names. And they're right for the most part. For the most part. They do a really good job. It's like it's like they, they nail the phonetics, but Edelgard. There's <laughs> there's just something about Can't wait to hear that in the playback. When when John shows up <laughs> named John and Especially after Jeremiah. being introduced to Nina and Jeremiah and and Merck and like uh, it's it is a little weird. But again, a lot of characters go by nicknames in the story. Yeah, so it, I'll, I'll just say it Jonathan. threw me a small amount, just a very small amount. I get that. What about you, Jesse? Oh wait, we already asked you this. Yeah, I was going to say consistency. We're still on that one. What yeah. about you? Jesse? That was a yeah. that was a long and very comprehensive discussion there. Good job, boys. Mm. They keep asking me stories consistently about things <laughs> yeah. I've never played or know nothing about. Fun it's of like, so, Stephen, what would you say your your final score is on source consistency I, I, out of 15? I, again, took one point off. I gave it 14 out of 15. Mm-hmm. Jesse? Max points. Max Perfect points. from my knowledge. Max points. I did the same thing. 14 out of 15. Max points. I, 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 I'm in agreement today. there. One, four, one, four. We didn't even do the thing where we start, like, give a brief overview. We started to, and then... We kind of, but this is one of those things where because the premise is so baked into it... We just skipped over Marty the Merchant, and it makes sense. I was going to say, we can get into that now when we're getting the plot and characters. (laughs) Marty the Merchant. Jesse, would you like to give us your summary of Miracle? Okay, so... It starts out, obviously, uh, amnesiac in desert, no talkie, very good. Uh, meets Marty the Merchant. She get, He gives her, like, some water and food. I'm going over the first part very long for a reason. Yeah. It never really explains her at all other than gold hair or blonde hair. Yep. So I had no idea how old she was until part three, which I get, like... I don't know anything about Fire Emblem, so I didn't have any clues of anything of who she was. Just mm-hmm. interrupting. I think maybe that's what that one point came off in source consistency for. Because M has a huge <laughs> brand yeah, on that is forehead. not mentioned once. Nobody until, sees it! Until part six, when when someone brushes her hair away, and you just, boom, there it is. Which also like, you bothers me. Exalt. Because multiple bangs. times... They mentioned people messing with her hair mm-hmm. and never once apparently touched the. Ba- That's a. It's it's like all the way down to her eyebrows too. Her bangs have to be covering her eyes. At all people t- people did make a point to mention her bangs a few times. They did, but like not that thick. Anyway, especially like Nina when she's brushing her hair. Yeah, but 
I have bangs, <laughs> and if I had like a huge, notable, nearly glowing sigil on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, then she gets into town, gets a bad job, panics. Then gets abducted by pirates. Yeah. To uh, then be the lead pirate sex slave, but luckily, and wife. Yeah. Yep. Um, luckily, he uh, he gets seasick, so he doesn't do anything. And then one pirate gets jealous of her newfound friendship with. Yeah, that's no a one. bit of a rocky start. So he just throws her off into the ocean. Then she gets picked up by some dude that goes fishing on the weekends, which is never brought up again. Uh, and then that's <laughs> John. Oh shit! You're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I kept waiting for him to go fishing with her because she used to stare at the sea all the time and then that ends at yeah. some point too. But like, it's actually really good. It's, uh, she still can Keep barely in mind, talk. this is the end of part two of seven so far that he's gotten to. I was yeah. going to say, chapter three just kind of starts and then it just keeps going. Yeah, mm. part three is going. all of her with John. Which part is, three's is pretty long. It is, but part it's more three her. is like half of the fic. But it's not, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. It's no. a very sizable chunk, very important part of the story. Yeah, it's no. her learning to speak, learning to like, she lives with John for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Gets a boyfriend named Jer. John mother. adopts her, essentially yes. becomes her father. Within like three days, by yeah. the way. Not weird at all. No, not even, not even a little. Names Especially when he's realized that he gives her the name of his dead daughter. Yeah. Which well, daughter died in childbirth. I don't know how much it counts, but yeah, it's still, still a daughter. Awkward. Yeah, they <laughs> still, still a daughter. Um, soldiers ended up end up getting quartered in their home. Her mm -hmm. boyfriend gets inscripted yeah. or inscripted, conscripted. Jesus. A war happens. A war happens. Uh, the the gang comes. And yeah. She gets missed by the gang. Yep. yep. Cool. So there's a point in the Fire Emblem Awakening plot where you go to Valm to take down Walhart the Conqueror, and in the very first mission when you get to like when you have landfall. Um, you fight in Valm Harbor and you meet Seri, leader of the resistance, and you save her when she's backed into a corner surrounded by uh, Valmy's um, soldiers. And they mention at one point that M is supposed to run, find the resistance and escape with them. And then she finds the pirates and the pirates are like, no, no, Seri's corner. We have to leave. So they just fucking leave right as the main cast arrives and Valm Harbor. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> they, they probably missed each other because, like, they even say, oh, that's an Elysian ship pulling into the harbor. That's literally them. The pirates ran down an alleyway while the main <laughs> cast ran down the exactly. main road. That's exactly what happened because oh. you get off the boat and you're right there in the harbor. John yeah. kills two Lancers. The same he does. Pirates, He's a badass. The same pirates like find 60. her. A and year and a half later. She, like, gets abducted again. Some dramatic stuff happens. Uh, they, they're they about to, like, lynch the guy who <laughs> shoved her overboard. And she says, no, I forgive you. I forgive mm -hmm. you. It also never fear. explains what the pirates do. They literally just go from Valm to another place and then back no, all the pirates. time. Yarhar. Yeah, they're they're the pirates. Me. They just go Being back and forth. Is all right with me. Yeah, and the main pirates. They, they, sick. they spend a year on the Grand Line, Jesse. Also, Amir Nemeli is really good at magic. <laughs> yeah, so she discovers when a mast falls on her adopted father, because he's a shipbuilder. Mm -hmm. Uh, that she can use staves, which in the universe are used to cast healing spells. But actually, before that, she walks into a shop before she knows what shop a tome is. And just casts and, a fire. And just ball. like, oh, those are magic fire tomes. And, and she's like, Nito, I don't know what that means. It's like, you probably can't use it. You can't even read. And then she lights the shop on fire. Luckily, the guy has a fire blanket. Because the only thing you need to be able to do in universe is be able to read and have the ability to like project your brain whole. That is consistent. It is. Though. It is because consistent you, with the universe. When you recruit. M, she is 
a sage, yep. which okay. is the class that can use both magic and stage. Which has been changed in three houses to like three different classes. <laughs> well, it's because that they realized that Fire Emblem Awakening is the single most broken game in the series. Oh my god, it's so fun to break. It. it is so fun to break. <laughs> but uh, she gets kidnapped by the pirates again, mm -hmm. and then they like meander about for the, a little uh, while. Regna. Regna Ferox. Yes. And then the war ends, and then M gets mad. Yes. So they're on their way back to Valm Harbor, and they pass this, what they call the ghost ship, which is just a ship with a bunch of Risen, which are essentially spooky zombies on it. Zombies. That attacks their ship, kills everyone on it, and she's left alone. And she's essentially ready to die, laying on the deck when the ship put Betty's leg down. Um, laying on the ship... <laughs> And the ship uh, makes landfall and she ends up on this small village island off the coast of Valm, where she's later found by the cast and essentially reunites with her yeah. family. Really quickly, on this island, it's like, so th these people basically are like, oh, no one knows about this island. We've been here for, so Incest Island already given off weird vibes. I know nothing <laughs> about the game. And then she says, like, everyone treats her way too nice. She even tries to mess up on purpose, hoping someone will do something. And just no one does. It's, like, a little too weird. And she's not sure what's going on. And I kept expecting them to be cannibals at any point because that's but all we But the truth was they, they noticed her fucking brand and literally recognized her immediately. And didn't tell right. her for, like, a month. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because, like, they know that she's the exalt and they're trying to nurse her back to health. What their hope is, is that her memories will come back on, on their, their own. own. Yeah. But it's been a while. They haven't yet. Fat chance, son. Yeah. Uh, that whole island's really weird. Oh, you don't know my parents? You've met them. I just never told then, you they're my parents. Meanwhile, in the background, uh, meanwhile, back at the plot. Meanwhile. The uh, the plot continues. Uh, it turns out this whole Valmor thing was some weird... It was a setup. <laughs> setup. just a for, setup. For the fell dragon Grima, Grima to return, who tried to return earlier, but was then thwarted because of time travel. Yes. That's a whole other story. I love my Lucina Abimbo. A Abimbo. And apparently Abimbo. Robin's don't, kids. Don't call her that. <laughs> no. That's not what I meant. You know but, uh, Yeah, so there is... A big element of Fire Emblem Awakening is time travel. Yeah. Essentially, these these soldiers, Lucina being the first, come back from the future where Grima won. And whenever you make two soldiers shag up, their kid their comes, kid back, comes back, back from the future. So is Robin's <laughs> wife like set in stone in that game? No. no. You are Robin and you get to choose whoever it is. In my game... Mechanically, the way that works, uh, the kids are all attached to whomever their mother is. Yes. Except for Robin's child, who is always Morgan, to Robin. my favorite. I love her so much. Morgan will be a girl if Robin is a boy. She I figured that out when I Googled and then Morgan her. Morgan will be a boy yeah. if Robin is a girl. But the way that it works is um, the same support. mother will have the same child. And then whoever the father is just determines what their hair color is. And, and some of their stats and abilities and stuff. Um, and you build support by having units fight with each other and then talk with each other between fights. That's stupid. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the big benefit of support is A, it increases their um, stats when they fight next to each other. And B, you get an extra free unit out. I'd hate if I went on a date with a girl and then my 15-year-old kid with them walks into the bar. <laughs> and, like, and you've only been dating for like a mm, month? Not No, not its first date. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they have to get married first. Yeah, before they, you... they oh, have okay, to good, achieve good. maximum support. And that's... <laughs> if you if you do it right, it can be like two fights. Oh. You can break that shit. But uh, um, in my game, I had Robin married to Lissa, who's Crom's sister. Uh, so my Robin's children were Owain and Morgan. Owain is the best. He just walks around with a sword and he's fucking crazy. See, in my game, I had a Wayne uh, be the child of Donald. Lisa and Donald. Oh, no. Because, because Donald is the most broken unit in the game. We're getting off track. Yeah, before we get too far this. into this. Donald is the most broken character in the game because he learns a skill which basically maximizes the chances of his stats going up after yeah. a level up. Which basically means you'll have endgame Donald in like four fights. And if you class him right, he can be almost unbeatable. Mm -hmm. And the kids will inherit their parents' skills. Yep. So Owain can inherit that skill from Donald. Yep. You'll suddenly have endgame Owain. And I love to think, because Owain's always talking about how the blood of heroes flows through his veins. <laughs> and the implication is that he's talking like about Mark. Like Lisa. The, the, the royal blood of the exalt that flows. But he's actually just talking about I like about to think he's Donald. actually talking about his, his good old bad Donald who always gets her done. Donald once walked into a battle between two opposing armies, 40 men each, and just stood there and took it and killed all of them without, without a scratch. A finger. He just stood there with a log in his hand going, Howdy, y'all. Boom. <laughs> I also really like Prima. Just unrelated. You liked what? Prima. Prima. Prima? Like legendary hero dude? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Prium. 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 Okay. <laughs> it just like, he has one talk with Krom where Krom's like, before we do our fake battle, I'd like a little plant or time to plan. He says no. No, no. He's like, I get what you're saying. Don't care. Walks away. <laughs> I think the line is something along the lines of, I see what you're saying and you are correct. However, you can either fight with me or not. I think I screenshot it. Yeah, you probably too. would. Well, he, he calls says up. you can live as a coward. I'm just going to very quickly finish the synopsis. Bad guys come from the final arc of the game. Yep. They start the killing wheel. the villagers. M has another crisis. She gets discovered by the main cast. They're mm -hmm. here, finally. And then uh, M has decided to give herself up to the Grimliel, the the followers of Grima who are trying to resurrect the fell dragon. And then Robin and the gang come and save her. And they're like, we we're here. You, you have a family. And she goes, Oh, for true. And then this is the they, third time. they all get together. And then M develops this kind of unhealthy relationship with, with Robin. Robin yeah. And then Which Robin is, is touched on a lot and into the out realms. And Robin figures out that, Oh, this is a bad. Yeah. But then Robin like makes other decisions because at the end of uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, Robin has two choices. Uh, he can either let Krom, using uh, Falchion. the Falchion, um, strike the final blow on Grima. Falchion being a hero's relic, which is a legendary hero weapon. And that will end the threat for a thousand years. Or Robin can kill Grima himself because Robin has a little bit of Grima in him. Because Robin is literally Grima. But uh, if Robin does that, Grima will be gone forever, but Robin will, will die also too. be gone forever. And Robin can choose to do either one. In this case, Robin does that and he dies. And there's some some good moments we'll touch on later yep. where um, Robin's wife and child and other child uh, are having, Sumia, Cynthia, and Morgan in this case. They're they're having some uh some hardship. Some family drama. But then um things all go together. M, having finally returned to her family, decides to go on a road trip to go <laughs> back to all the places she went, and she gets sad because she goes and finds 
uh, the guy who she was, boyfriend, girlfriend. Jeremiah, who got conscripted. And uh, yeah. she finds that he survived, but he's moved back to his old town and married his childhood his sweetheart, childhood Rose. sweetheart, Rose. <laughs> Rose. But uh, she gets sad and then says, just, just forget you ever met me. You'll be happier that way. And it, it's a very mature moment it for is. her. Yeah. And especially considering her entire experience of the world is approximately two and a half years at this point. And then they, they get home. It's a very and then slog like, two years. Guys, good news. Robin's back. But bad news. He's an asshole now. Yeah. <laughs> More <laughs> than an asshole. To be continued in, in the, the story that was actually written before this. So, um, Miracle, I don't know if we mentioned this before. I know we mentioned that it's part of a series. It's actually the second one in the series. Um, and the author touches on this at the end of part seven, that it was not uh, a good idea to mention at the beginning of the story that it's actually part two, because that would spoil the reveal of who the main character was. Mm -hmm. um, I actually haven't read part one, and having revisited this, I find myself wanting to read part one. I will actually touch on that later, after okay. we've gone through full plot and characters for okay. this. Because so, I am the only one of us here who's read through all three parts all the way. <laughs> so, saying that, what is your opinion on the plot and characters? Plot and characters, this is the real beef of this story. Yes, it is. The uh, Because um, the author mentions this at the end. The story isn't about... Um, it's not about how Emiron finds herself. It's The girl doesn't learn that she is Emiron. The girl learns that she is who she is mm -hmm. it's about that character finding herself and it's Probably. very true to that idea finding herself not who others think she is yeah. i also exactly. like that she never fully regains her memories no i like that too and like the the, the idea of who emiron was is still supposed to just be left as like legendary person almost as, which was a good take on that yeah, yeah. there's some good planting too uh, just narrative structure wise um i really like the way that uh you get it planted, the drink that tastes like laughter. Yes. And then you get reminded of it later where Jeremiah is talking about, just joking about, sort of making fun of her for mentioning the drink that tastes like laughter or wine. And then later down later, the line, later, yeah. we realize that the reason she thinks of it that way... Is because she and Crom used to drink wine together occasionally She and Crom would share drinks together and... She can't hold Crom, her liquor. Crom would laugh at her. And that's what why she, she has the association. Yeah, that's that just was, a very well planted bit. There, there are a couple of little bits like that throughout the story, and I think all of them are really well done. But that's the one that stood out to me the most. I think um, the original characters are very strong here too. Yes, I think the only one that's not is Jeremiah, um, and that's only because I he kind of exists kind of agree. to serve a simplistic purpose in the story, and it is understandable for his character to be somewhat simplistic as well to serve that purpose. Mm -hmm. He I doesn't get a lot of time to develop. Um, he kind of just is. And he's not, he doesn't have a whole lot of time period in the story, but he leaves a big impact on this character. Regarding the Volm section, John is a much stronger character yes, than Jeremiah. For sure. Even considering like the weirdness, cause I can get over the weirdness of <laughs> you're my John. daughter now adopting like a 20 is, something because yeah she's a 20 something woman but by all rights she's a kind of a child right but now. Uh, to their credit um other characters call that out as being unusual as well yes multiple times 
You don't have a daughter that old. I meant to ask this at some point. How long, roughly, did it take you guys to figure out it was a mirror, even though a week after the story was written, she's apparently in the title? That Almost I immediately. Okay. I knew Be- immediately, but I also... I discovered so, this through TV tropes. Yeah, Stephen sent, sent me this story because I was deep in the Fire Emblem stuff at the time. And he's like, hey, read this. You'll like it a lot. And I'm like, okay, as I tend to. Um, and I got about halfway through part one, and I'm like... You know, this timeline makes sense with right after Emran dies. Is this M? That's Emran. Okay. I and, and even realizing that, it didn't really break the story for me because at that point, it's a journey along with her to find out mm-hmm. when she figures out who she, if she ever figures out who she is. Because yeah. having that perspective puts a lot of, puts a new twist on, or not new twist, gives you a new perspective on a lot I of things she's going through. I think it speaks to the strength of the narrative itself that not knowing that twist or knowing that twist doesn't particularly affect doesn't it. affect what that is. Honestly, just, yeah, sorry, I was going to say the first four chapters almost have nothing to do with Fire Emblem at yeah. all, and it's just a great story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think, because uh, this is something, uh, I, I left a review on this story a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I remember the one thing I brought up I really like the character. Would you like oh, to mention yeah. your fanfiction ID so that the author can revisit your story if she happens to hear this story? <laughs> my review? Yeah. Uh, I review, am listed bad. as the Stin. Right now my uh, my ID is a little robot in a suit from Nier Automata. There you go. But um, Just for reference, if, if anyone listening wants to. The review I had left on there, what I mentioned in particular was I love the character of M... <laughs> Because she has flaws, Mm -hmm. she is quite flawed. And I like that even though she she has a lot of those hallmarks of who Emran was, she's kind of selfless in some ways, but she's also really selfish in other ways. Yeah, I would agree with that because she's got sort of that that core of who Emran is. But without the experiences that made her who she was, right? I also so like she's got that. that tendency toward the the selflessness and the the helping others in any way that she can. But she's also got self serving attitudes because her whole experience up to this point has been survival and trying to figure out where she belongs. I also like that um, because she she comes off as kind of wooby ish at the beginning of the story, just because, and she mentions this, and it frustrates her. She mm-hmm. needs to be protected. And I think that's part of why uh, a lot of people like this story so much, because M in like those first three chapters, hardcore triggers the protect. Yeah. Yep. And she, which is why her death has such an impact on so Mm -hmm. many players. She knows that she understands it and it frustrates her that she needs to be protected. But as the story goes on, as we get into chapters five and six, she sort of gets to a point where she realizes, yes, I can protect myself. I can help protect others. And that's sort of realizing that as part of why she views Robin so affectionately. Because he treats her as an equal and he expresses to her that he needs her help. He, he treats her like someone who doesn't need to be protected. Right. And is someone who can protect others. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what makes her get the... She, she wants the Robin, man. <laughs> Can I touch on Robin for a sec? Touch on. Hey, yo. Um, Emrin couldn't. Uh, but, um, so one of the things I really like about a lot of the ways that Robin is presented often in fan fiction is much like a lot of these 
lead protagonists in store in games and stories where you're recruiting people and, and training them. Robin is very charismatic. He's very good at talking to people. He knows how to not necessarily manipulate, but how to speak to people in a way that makes them want to work with him, whether it's intentional or not. I'm wondering if you're going the same place I want to go with this. I don't I don't think so. Um, Because this is, I've got a very simple point to make here. It's that point is just that I really like the way Robin is written. I do. Um, I know he's got a lot more to him. There's a lot more under the surface. He's, he is manipulative and he knows that he's manipulative and the way that he views people isn't necessarily the best way you should, but he does love them as people. I think Robin is a sociopath. Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely. I think he's a sociopath who knows that he is not he he doesn't view people with the same value that other people view them but he has learned to um sort of utilize his unique views in a way that is positive for himself and for the people around him but maybe okay so maybe not a total sociopath he definitely has sociopathic tendencies but i would also say that he does clearly <laughs> love the people around him he does right? he is he is capable of feeling and experiencing and expressing those emotions Anyway, they're units. Yeah, they're units. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the plot's well-structured. It's creative enough to keep you engaged, mm-hmm. but it's simple enough that within its relatively short length for a fic like this, it, it doesn't push anyone away. It's easy enough to follow while also giving you a reason to keep reading because you can't necessarily mm-hmm. predict everything that's going to happen. I will bring up one random thing because this is something I thought about afterward and it kept bugging me because... When M is thinking about joining the army to be with Jeremiah, mm-hmm. John goes into like this long spiel about medics, like, the history of medics in wartime. And I'm like, <laughs> John, why do you know all of this? You're a carpenter. <laughs> John Carpenter. You heard a lot when you're John Carpenter. <laughs> I, I kind of got the idea from John that he might have been in the army at some point. See? <laughs> Excuse Just me, the way God. he acts and talks and what he seems to know about things like that. And took out two trained he took officers out two with, with, a with a carving knife in a valley. He was a badass, um, in M's own words. No, I, I think that I, I don't have any problems with the plot as a whole, honestly. There's some little nitpicky details here and there, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well structured. Nice John. Critic of curse words. And and it fits very well within the universe. This plot is completely believable and, and works for mm-hmm. me. Pulling the, up my other notes. The characters sure I haven't missed anything. Like we talked about already, a lot of the original characters are all pretty much spot on. I mean they they just work. Um again, you know, you have like Jeremiah who, like I said before, is a bit simplistic, and I tend to touch on the same things four or five times in the same conversation. Overall, a couple of small details that I, I kind of pushed me away a little bit, but I really, really, really enjoyed the plot and characters in this story. I another thing I'm going to bring up, because um, um, this is me going like way out of my depth. Stop me if you think you should. I will. Um, I have never been one to struggle with depression or suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, I, I'm pretty mentally healthy, and I'm thankful for that. But uh, M deals with a lot of stuff in this fic. Yes. And I'm not really at liberty to say whether or not its handling of some of those themes is deft or not. But I, for what it's worth, for what I, for what my experiences are, 
I do think that it does a good job handling those themes tastefully and showing a character who deals with those things and resolves to sort of grow past them. So everyone's experiences in those regards are different. There's no one particular way to present that sort of thing. Um, in my opinion, I do believe it was handled very well. I think it was presented very well and not in a disrespectful or disingenuous way. I um, think it was healthy is the word I wanted yes, to use. It was, it was, it felt natural and it made sense. And there are certain points in the story where she lashes out at people in a way that feels like, yeah, you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. You don't know what to say. People are, you feel like you're being accused. People are, are, are being aggressive in the way that they're talking to you. You're going to like respond. Character. So, yeah, I think it was very respectfully and and very well handled. Now that we've got that out of the way, yes. segueing into something slightly less volatile, grief. Uh, <laughs> this is something we touched on a little bit before, but I want to bring it up because I think it's also something that... Because this fic has so many good moments, and I've, yeah. I, I know we're going to miss something, but I just want to highlight as many as I can. Um, Robin's sacrifice and the effects it has on his family and the way that M interacts with that are very well executed, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I do think that, uh, again, the Robin M thing is weird, but I kind of like the idea of Robin unintentionally stringing M along, not realizing that, because she's in a very vulnerable She spot. also doesn't have any way to contextualize what she's feeling for him versus what she felt for, like, Jeremiah right. or her other friends on the ship. But Robin confides in her and swears her to secrecy on his his thoughts of self-sacrifice, sacrificing yeah. himself to preserve the peace from Grima for mm -hmm. all time. And she basically tells him, no, you can't do that. We like you too much. <laughs> yeah, she says something really shady back to her. Yeah, that's something that Which I'm hoping seems like Robin was lashing out. It hasn't her. been addressed in Into the Outrealms right. as of yet. Right, because that, um, oh. as we should say, is ongoing. That story's been ongoing for the better part of a year but and a half, two years almost. I'm very interested in that one sideways line from Robin. I am too. Where he he says these he, secrets will go to the grave with me, and I mean that this time. Right. Yeah, that. Uh, the repeat, if you're listening, that was a good one. We're, we're still excited about that. Very, very good hook on that. Yes. Again, if if you're done with these things, I know Into the Outrooms hasn't updated in a while, but if you're done with that. Which is understandable. You get tired of writing things still or cool. you don't have time. I, I'm super happy for everything that's already been put down It's there. all fantastic content. But moving past that to Sumia and Cynthia. Yes. And to a slightly lesser extent, the douche... No, Morgan. Okay, <laughs> Jesse, let's get your so your opinion on these interactions. What do you think of the whole <laughs> dynamic between Robin and M, and then the following conversations after Robin's sacrifice? So the Robin and M thing almost seemed like Robin was saying those mean things to be like, if I make people or the people that know what's going to happen hate me, they'll feel less bad when I die. Sort of deal. Yeah, there's definitely some of that there. But it was when Cynthia was talking that's, to her yeah, mom. That's the after Robin right. died and then the mom says something like you're not even my real daughter something like that just I don't remember what it was but it was like really mean yeah and my only thought was 
I, I still, like, being new to this whole thing, it's like, that's still her, like, 15-year-old time-travel daughter, and Sumi is only, like, what, 20? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like their connection is more like, I don't know, it's weird. And then she wants, uh, Cynthia wants to go find Morgan to run away, and then they don't. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. It's so weird. That's something a lot of fics like to touch on, just sort of the alienation that the future children face. Mm -hmm. Because the world they grew up in is gone. It's gone. It was, it was gone when they grew up in it. With. Yeah. And they're not really at home in this world either. But the implication here is Cynthia gave Robin a pep talk before the final fight, which ultimately seems to be the thing that inspired Robin to actually, to make, the actually make the sacrifice. And Cynthia admits this to Sumia, her mother from the past her mother from another mother sumia does not take, take it that well well yeah. uh part of it again is because sumia has just learned that she is pregnant with twins morgan cynthia and morgan cynthia yeah. and their twins will not have a father and, and that from her perspective in that exact moment when she's angry seems to be the fault of the future cynthia because uh which, while incorrect, is an opinion that I could absolutely see forming in those circumstances. I can see it, and it makes me go, Crom, you need to hire a counselor. <laughs> he did. His name was Robin, and then he killed himself. <laughs> yeah, but Robin was, like, casual counselor. Hey, guys. Hello, fellow youths. Robin, Robin was, like, the youth pastor of the <laughs> army. <laughs> but, um... That's exactly what Crom looks like, too. Like, <laughs> not knowing anything about Fire Emblem, that's kind of what I expected him to be like. <laughs> but um, the exchange between Cynthia and M right after this argument is really good because Cynthia wants to just go away because yeah. she wants to just put it all behind her. And M basically brings up Yes, things are bad now, but if you go away... It'll only get worse. They will only stay bad. They will never get better. Yeah. You're, you will never reconcile with your mother if you decide to go away. But if you stay, there's a chance that you will. Yep. Excuse me. And then there's just that wonderful moment. Morgan just comes out. What are you guys doing? It's so late. Shut up and hug me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we mentioned... Steven, specifically, you said Morgan's a bit of a total douchebag. Oh, um, that, that's specifically referencing <laughs> into the out realms. She gets very okay. little, if any, screen time. In I keep saying screen time. That's just how my brain operates. That's what, yes, in yeah, in this fic. Um, but suffice to say, she is probably my favorite character in the follow up story. Morgan is a great character. The way the repeat writes her. Yes. Um, I will say. The first story in this trilogy, Dissonance, I haven't read it in a while. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if Morgan is quite as douchey in Dissonance as she is in Into the Out Realms. <laughs> and I think that douchiness is part of why I like her. Yeah. Because she is... Well, again, characters evolve as writers change she's, the way they write them. She is a genius. She has inherited a lot of her father's brains. Mm -hmm. But she's also careless and... I feel like Morgan is like Robin if Robin did not sort of have the same consciousness of people that 
he does. Yeah. And Morgan in Into the Outrooms is sort of growing into that, yeah. which I like. That being said, that's... That's not, not relevant to our current view on this story. Moving back, uh, those were all the things that I wanted to mention. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I think we kind of are in agreement on a lot of this. So what about what about final scores on uh, on plot and characters, Stephen? I give it a Frederick crushing on his Lee Janetan. <laughs> yeah, that's out of 40, so my, multiply uh, it by four. My final score for plot and characters came down to 37 out of 40. All right. Jesse? I want to give it a 40 just because the simple, like, character, like, like Jeremiah, it was nice to have, like, a... a generic like lives in a farm now is in yeah. another small town sort of just a simple dude in a simple town yeah like, yeah i liked it okay 40 out of 40 for jesse okay. real quick vom could have won the war if they just put jeremiah on the front line they could have he's, he's a villager he's a villager he would have had aptitude <laughs> did walhart or wald or whatever join the bank yes. yeah she mentions it like once of like oh by the way he's here in our Spot band pass. of like 30 yeah people. so you can recruit pretty much any of the villains in that just, game he made him up to be a villain. And he's a horrible, evil person. Yeah, and then she's just like, oh, he's here now. And they, they mentioned they only have like 30 people, which means she's in a camp of like <laughs> 28 people, the main bad guy that she thinks killed her boyfriend and father, and then her. And it's just like, I'm not going to talk to you. And that's it. canon that Robin Spite recruited Walhart. You're going to be on the front because, lines today and tomorrow. <laughs> because <laughs> Crom recruited Gangrel. I agree with that. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, they made, yeah, that was weird to me too. I, you can just recruit the bad. Guys. You can if you have if you have the right people talk to them like three two or three times in a fight. You can recruit them. Um, as for me, I gave it a thirty-five out of forty. Um, I feel like I don't really need to explain that because we pretty much touched on on everything at this point. See, there's those two points. There's those two points. <laughs> uh, all right, writing quality. This should be a pretty simple one out of twenty-five. Uh, I thought it was fantastically well-written beginning to end um flowed really well and the one of the things i liked was the flow of the story was often dictated by the mental state of the character whose perspective we were seeing it from so it was a little broken a little disjointed when em was mm -hmm. stressed or at the beginning and then as she gets herself together it it gets more coherent but then as she gets stressed out and things get more chaotic it sort of starts to fall apart a little bit and i thought that was a really nice touch yeah, it actually comes across really well, too. It does. Unlike, I've seen other things try to emulate that, and it's just like, I don't understand what's happening. Yes, they're happening. emulating this. Yeah. <laughs> well, emulating yeah, that mean. sort of idea. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it pretty good marks. Not quite perfect. There were one or two occasions where I had to reread a sentence two or three times to get what it was saying. Yeah. But aside from that, the prose is all very, very good. Mm -hmm. Um the hard thing about writing is writing in a way that keeps the reader's interest. Yeah. This is something I have a huge problem with. Yep. Because if you ever read any of my stuff, you're like, he just keeps having like the same rhythm in all of his sentences <laughs> over and over again. And then you'll click away. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the author here does a really great job just varying structure, making sure that basically things are moving around enough to keep the reader's attention on the words on the page. Like I'd um right now I'm re I'm still rereading 
How could getting it online? <laughs> and that story is one of those Which, ones. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think we're ever going to cover that, at least not for a long time. Oh, no. That She's... thing's a doorstop. That's like five Harry Potters long. Yeah. Like all seven of the Harry Potters. Yeah, it's it's a lot. But something about that story that I've noticed is that I'll read a bit. And you, you ever have one of those moments where you're like reading a bit and you read like three pages and you realize... Wait a minute. I didn't I absorb wasn't actually any of that. Listening. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brain, I, I scanned everything and I didn't absorb any of it because it you you get into that rhythm where everything's sort of written in, and it's not a bad it's like, story. It's like that same energy like in Gravity Falls where Dipper's like, this is worthless. Yeah. <laughs> I almost... Th- That's there's, mean. There's another thing that makes me do that is like when I'm like... The, the Ron Mo Sailor Moon thing, I'd keep reading things that made no sense to me. And so I just like casually skip to the next sentence or something. And then that also didn't make sense. And, no. And then I would just like start skipping paragraphs without realizing it. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Me I, reading textbooks. The, uh, that, that Ron Mo Sailor Moon, I had to reread so many paragraphs. It was miserable. I think that's, that's for one, when you're reading in a really dense fandom. And also for two, I think... The big thing that that comes down to for me is action set pieces. Oh, yeah. I hate it when people try to r- write fights. I don't know what was happening when she was fighting that dragon dude. I don't know if he was on See, his dragon. I think, or... <laughs> I think the fights in this worked out decently well. I they, they skipped the Grimma fight. I was so happy. Because <laughs> she wasn't there. Yeah. She wasn't like, there. Oh, so why would so they be Because the, the Grimma fight doesn't really matter. The Grimma fight. I was hoping she would skip it, too. <laughs> the, um... I hope all of the chair noises are being picked up. I'm, I'm trying not to move so much. <laughs> and you're in the quietest one. But uh, it's good because I fidget so much. But uh, I think the action scenes that are here work very well because they're fairly minimal. They, uh, they don't overstay their welcome. Because uh, if you're going to write action scenes, and I'm going to bring up Brandon Sanderson. Yes. Because Brandon Sanderson is just sitting down there in the corner. There's also another one behind you. There's one up there, and there's like three more on the bookshelf. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson is one of mine and Nick's favorite fantasy authors. Yes. And so his good. action scenes work very well Yep, because they all take place in a system which Sanderson has made himself. Yep. And I'm sort of of the mind that if you're going to write action set pieces, write them. Yep. Not necessarily make them happen in real life, but if you're going to write an action scene, there needs to be a logic that the reader can follow along with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking if I were to write that, because I'm a bad writer, I'm like, all right, they're in a room that is 45 feet by 32 feet with three pillars located here, here. Like, every single time... I, also men. Every time I read a fan fiction and there's <laughs> I, a fight, I, I, I keep I, trying I, to picture what's happening, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but my, now I have to redo everything. <laughs> Where's this dragon at? Is he flying? Did she shoot upwards? Did he fall? I don't understand. <laughs> I think um, there's a fine balance when writing action scenes between detail and flow. This case, I think the flow is really well. I think there's enough detail to have an idea of what is going on. And I may also be cheating because I know you're kind of the same way as me in this regard, Nick. Yeah. But we're really good at filling in the blanks. Yeah. And we're bad at realizing when we do it. Yeah. 
Jesse, on the other hand, you're a details guy. It's because I like fighting, and it's like they talked about sweet wyvern riders, and then there's something like they talked about her climbing a mountain, and it's not like re really climbing a mountain where it's basically just walking up a slow steep. It sounded like she was literally climbing up a mountain hand over hand, and then a, a, a wyvern rider comes in and like blasts her off, and then she falls into a nice flat plane where everything. And then I think the wyvern rider like leaves his wyvern and walks towards her, and then he gets back on the wyvern at some point. And they don't. I don't know how any of that happens, and I keep rereading. And I'm still not sure what was going on. See, every time you say wyvern, I think waifu, and I'm like, were the wyverns dateable? Oh no! No, Frederick. In a few years, will be the wyvern. Frederick is the wyvern waifu. <laughs> Can you put Frederick on a wyvern? Can you make him probably He's wire? too solid. He's too thick. That is this dude. I Frederick is dumb. Frederick, you know, <laughs> my favorite thing about this, which is almost more, well, not my favorite thing about this, is like every time I had to Google a Fire Emblem character, you could Google them, look at a picture of them, and be like. I know exactly what vibe this dude yeah. is off. Like Frederick is they're just they're really good at character design. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's Callum. Dude, you want to see? You want to see the the peak of? Oh, I know what that character's about. Dude, Frederick was Scarja. Stall. Yes. Pr pr the dude I keep calling Prima because I forgot his name. Oh. Oh. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For the record, I, I accidentally pulled up one of the PVC figurines of Tharja. I was gonna say the first thing he pulled up was NSFW. <laughs> It's safe for work if you work okay. in a place we'll, where that's we'll call safe. It, we'll call it almost NSFW. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, the character design in Fire Emblem, it's the, Fire Emblem is really good. Um, to the point where you... thick. Yeah, dummy thick. <laughs> to the point where you basically have to look at, like Jesse said, you look at a character, you know what they're about. Like Frederick super gave off that vibe of like being a guardian that just kind of sits there quietly and almost mm -hmm. has no emotion. But he yeah. has feet. Yeah. This all has to do with writing quality. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does, it actually. Really does. I mean, in a because different sense. the author presented all of this information to us in a way that we could understand yeah. it from a very visual medium I without any visuals. I also don't know these characters, so I see Frederick and I'm like, that's the vibe he gives off. What is he really like? And That's how he's like. Yeah, super. I like. think there's very few times where I've read a fanfic and went, yeah, action scenes. Because <laughs> more... I will I will oh. admit nine out of ten times when I am reading a fanfic, if an action scene comes up, I will probably my eyes will glaze over <laughs> and I because I, I read fanfiction on my phone and my thumb just starts scrolling. Scrolling. You read one sentence per paragraph. That's what I did in the Ron with Sailor Moon thing. I <laughs> don't know what was that. Dead scream, dead scream, zombies. Yeah, that again. Movies. Anything that's like martial arts focused or, or uses like crazy amounts of magic shit, it it gets really dense really fast, especially if it's a fast paced series. I think that's because uh, we'll, we'll come back to it again. We keep coming back. Uh, the Dark Lords trilogy, hell yeah, they made is really good at like writing action scenes because like he breaks them up. He breaks them up. It's sort of one of those like um, when those action set pieces are happening, there's multiple pieces moving around. Yeah, and he jumps between the different pieces with different perspectives and doesn't try and fit too much all at once. It's also kind of like the uh, like the JoJo technique of how do we make sure that each of our characters has an action trademark, everybody, all of the villains at least, have their stupor power. <laughs> Back like to the Fire Emblem <laughs> fan fiction. Um, writing quality scores. What do you think? My writing quality score came out to 24 out of 25. Jesse? So, I, I'm a really slow reader, and I thought I was going to read this really, really slowly, like four or five days or mm -hmm. something, because 90k words a yep. lot for me. I read it in like two days solid, 
uh, I will say there was a few things. So I'll also say 24 out of 25. Uh, like, yeah, I gave it a 25 out of 25 because I, I, it just, it flowed really well for me and I didn't have any issues reading it. I just really want to know if he was on the Wyvern or not. I don't know. <laughs> Wyvern. 24, 25. And if you hear uh, typing in the background, it's because I'm keeping note of our scores to edit in the spreadsheet later. And if you hear another kind of ticking, it's because... He's playing with Betty's leg. Nick has a skeleton <laughs> in his room, and the leg is just here. And Her it's just... hand is like, around here somewhere. It is guitar-sized, and it's the toe bones are, like, great for strut. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Cleanliness. Um, I liked all the line breaks. I want to give that max points. Uh, I didn't really notice any mistakes, spelling or grammar wise. Um, I'm going to come back to chapter three, man. <laughs> What's the that? John chapter? I think my one gripe, my one minor gripe. Minor. Because I get the reason why it's broken up the way it is. It's kind of what we, before we started recording, we were talking about anime arcs and science. <laughs> The, oh, it's because of how long it is? Every chapter is sort of written like a... It's a difference. It, it yeah. is a chapter of her life, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Yep. It's sort of... Um, it is an act in the story, and those acts may have like their own sort of individual sub-acts within them. Mm -hmm. My one minor gripe, even understanding that, I still feel like chapter three is a monsters all right so i will counter that with it was supposed to be one chapter and the author broke it up for your benefit really? and i will say great do it more well, really quickly <laughs> chapter one is 2k words chapter three is 5k or, or cha yeah, sorry one is 2k two is 5k chapters three is about 15k words and the only other one that gets near that is uh one right near the end is about the same amount yeah six mm -hmm. yeah because I, I think it's weird because I notice it mostly in chapter three. It's it is much one. slower. Yeah, because there's a lot more slower. happening. There's a lot more going on in chapter in six. In a shorter period of time. I wish time. she got her diary earlier. Yeah. Because I do like nice. the random breaks of just like. Those random breaks are good. I, I think my favorite. What's your favorite word in this fic? Mine is adventure. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I meant to mention. I love that every now and then she's like. She, she gets kidnapped by pirates. And one of her first thoughts is adventure. And I'm like, you, you're a sex slave now. <laughs> mm. so yeah, that is what it is. I, I just think of Peanut Butter Gamer. And I think, oh, adventure. Yeah. <laughs> also, it wasn't until chapter three they mentioned roughly what age she was. So I genuinely wasn't sure if it was like a five-year-old girl or someone in like 15, 20, I don't know, anime girl. I just assumed 15 uh, years she's old. She's 27. Yeah, yeah, she is. She was 25 when the fix started. She's 27 when it ends. Mm -hmm. I will, this maybe goes back a bit to writing quality, but on the whole adventure thing, mm -hmm. I do love the sheer reverence <laughs> you can sort of feel in that. Another For thing new I mentioned in my old review, I love the reverence you can feel reverberating off of the word in italics, adventure. adventure. I, well, yeah, it goes back to what I just said, which is that it, it's a, it's a new experience. She has yes. so few of them that any new ones are are an amazing thing. And that's a great way to look at it. I really like that. Yeah, one of them is when she's bored cleaning the house for the ninth time. She literally just decides, I'm going to go outside. Adventure. Adventure. And the last time I got kidnapped by Adventure. pirates. Adventure. 
Uh, Why don't you right. ever go outside anymore? Well, the last two. Times <laughs> no, she doesn't even care about. It. She doesn't. <laughs> All right. Um, cleanliness scores. I gave it a nine. You gave it a nine. Ten. Ten. Max, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also gave it a ten. Uh, and that is a completeness bonus as well. The more line breaks, the more likely I was to give it a 10. That, that's what my idea of cleanliness is. I love that we haven't even explained the rubric this time. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're well in enough. We're four episodes. Just, we're four episodes For the in. benefit. We'll, we'll start the next one out with the rebrook. Rebrook? With the, re the rebrook. Re re I forget every single time. I right. just You guys talk while I do the math. Well, while he does the math, I'll just explain the rubric. Well, the way oh, that yeah. we work off of this, uh, we have different grading criteria from my highly subjective rubric number one the premise of the story the what if 10 points number two consistency with the source source consistency 15 points uh number three plot and characters these are lumped together because largely they're the meat of any story 40 points for that because like i said they're the meat and then writing quality we'll put 25 points there and 10 points for cleanliness which is more, it's less about writing quality, and it's more about the um, the ease of reading. <laughs> and that's got 10 points on it. Lastly, for any work that exceeds 50,000 words and shows recent signs of not being dead or is completed, we assign a completeness bonus of five points. Nick, read our final scores. All right, before I do that, Jesse, was there one that you didn't give it a... It was writing quality. It was quality. writing quality? That's yeah. what I thought. So it was a 25. Writing quality. <laughs> Rules of nature! You know, after doing this, I feel like I gave that Ron the Sailor Moon one way too high of a score, yeah. whatever it was. I don't know what I gave it, but Why I just Why are we feel... so mean to that? No, it's, it's just been me this whole time, because they're both the longest ones I've read so far. And I was like, I saw this one at 90k words, and I'm like, oh, that's going to suck. It was so easy. All okay, right. in, in oh. the future, I'm going to come back. We'll, I'll pick another Oz story, Nick, and it'll be one that I know will get good marks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the total score for Miracle by the Repeat from Steven is a 98 out of 100. For myself, it's a 99 out of 100. And for Jesse, a 104, our first score above the maximum. Party popper with a question mark. Um, I no. love that I have the lowest score and it's a 98. Jokes aside, um, this was a really good story. It was really well written. I highly recommend it to, even if you're not a Fire Emblem fan or you have no experience in the universe like Jesse. I'm probably I would say if you're one of the, of the five trilogy. people who for some reason listen to this, Without having played the game or read the story, by all means, read the freaking story. Please do. It's, it's fantastic. Great. Yeah. Great. Oh, number. Um, I did pull this one out because uh, I randomly said, hey, we should do another episode. And I felt like doing something really good. Yeah. I pulled this out. Which, again, isn't to say that the stuff we've done so far isn't good. That's kind of the idea of this podcast is the stuff that we really enjoy. Yeah. Um, most of, most of us. I did like it. <laughs> I just didn't understand any of it. It kept giving me names of people I don't know. Man, Steven Fire Emblem names are much easier to understand than, like, Sailor Moon names. Especially when you keep calling them Sailor Universe and then whatever they're other Sailor Universe. universe. That's um, not a thing. That's a theme park. It's like we read different stories. That might explain it. Well... Uh, thank you for joining us on this, our fourth, I believe, episode of the Unironic Masterpiece Fanfic Pop I do uh, think we've got podcast. some some additional end discussion here now that we've finished talking about this story in specific. And before we get to that, I just want to remind anyone listening that links to the accounts and story links will be in the video description to both Archive of Our Own and Fanfiction.net. 
Now, I looked on this user's uh, AO3 account, and they have a couple of different stories on there that are not on fan fiction, I believe, and not all of their stories are on AO3. So I would recommend uh, very highly checking out both of their profiles. If you're on mobile, I still recommend the fan fiction mobile app. I know not everybody loves it, but it's... It's Actually good for saving good things offline. Um, I don't really care for the interface, but it is good for saving things offline. I agree offline. with that completely. I just really like the reading experience. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Regarding the other fix in this trilogy. Yes. I feel like in order of authority, we're going to go from me to you to that. To that. <laughs> my knowledge is I, a special I, guest. I looked them up just to see how many words they were. Dissonance is 34k words. Into the Outer Realms is 191k. And it's still going. Yeah, that's, so, that's what made... Because like, she wrote this in five months, the mm -hmm. one we're talking about. And it's like, you guys told me she was still ongoing with the other. I'm like, how long is that? <laughs> the, um, the way that I view these fix and... Uh, the author here is actually pretty good about replying to reviews when they're posted on her stories, which is why I even know this. I posted a review. She replied to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, the way I view these fics, and I think she agrees. Again, we think. Mm -hmm. We think. We think. She. Darn it. We're, we're very sorry. We are the wyvern, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, will you be my wyvern? Yes. <laughs> It's okay, I'm a minister. I can perform this ceremony and I'll pronounce you man and wyvern. Wait a second. <laughs> right. Get to writing. But um, the strongest of this series is by far Miracle. Yeah. Not just because it's really good, but because it stands up on its own. Yes. You like can, you can come in, read this story completely on its own with no knowledge of anything else that's going on and enjoy it. Even, movie, even when the cast of thousands shows up. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, Miracle is definitely the strongest. The next strongest is Into the Out Realms. And I think that's largely by virtue of Dissonance. The first in this trilogy was written first. It's not chronologically first. It comes after Miracle before Out Realms. Mm -hmm. But it is written first and it shows. The author gets more experienced as they write. It Absolutely. Um, also, Dissonance has some things that, like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I have a hard time enjoying dissonance. Like, it's it's one of those things where obviously the author is younger, but also it's got, like, this weird love triangle thing between Robin and Sumia, who's trying to get Robin to, you know, be a family with him again. And Robin's like, no, I think I'm going to romance nah. Oh. <laughs> No, I haven't read it. And now you've made me. <laughs> mm. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, the lollies, the um, so many lollies, all the dragons are lollies. Ah. And spoiler alert for a fic from years ago. Um, <laughs> okay, I hate that so the much. The twist at the end, it isn't Robin. I know. It I is know Grima. That. From... Yeah, if you read, if you go straight from this to Into the Out Realms, it immediately spoils the end of Dissonance. Yes, and in, for some people, I'd almost recommend that. That being said, if you really want to get the arcs for all of the characters, I Look up recommend. Noe. She's like fifteen hundred years old. Reading Dissonance, because Dissonance starts a lot of and the OWI. character arcs that continue in into the Out Realms, because uh, non particular uh, gets 
basically emotionally abused, and that carries yeah. over into the <laughs> into realms. into <laughs> into into the out realms. Yeah, but um, there there's some important things that happen there that you couldn't pick up if you just decided to start with into the out realms. Oh, um, can I leave a quick note for editing Nick in the future if I get this far without having done it already? Um, Nick, add a note to the beginning of this podcast letting viewers know or listeners that there is some sensitive topics discussed within it that, you know, themes of sexual abuse, themes of emotional abuse that may or implied sexual abuse that may not be suitable for certain people. Just I just want to make sure that I put that in there. Good job. I'll anyway, no continue. Nick. But um, there, there's a lot of baggage that the characters carry into the Outrealms from Dissonance. And Nam and Morgan, Morgan in particular, yeah. who's a big player yep. in Into the Outrealms, which... How about just ITO? <laughs> is, is a great Ito. thing, too. Junji. Because Morgan becomes, like, the tactician. Yeah. She is the player character. The my so, unit. My Morgan. Morgan is kind of neglectful of her friend, mm -hmm. which leads into some of that. And she's trying to be a better friend mm -hmm. in that story and failing in some regards. Yeah, spectacularly. Basically, some. I highly recommend Miracle if you like reading. Like, even if you don't like Fire Emblem, even if you don't like or don't video know games, anything about it. I just think Miracle is a really good piece of just enjoyable literature. You might think it's a little bit pulpy. It might be. But it's also just really solid, yeah. enjoyable, impactful. I wept. I cried. It moved me, Nicholas. It's it's not <laughs> a, an excessively long story. Uh, it, is, it is... It is very digestible. It's long enough to be detailed and deep and intricate to a certain extent, but it's short enough that, I mean, I read it all last night. Granted, I've read it a couple times before, but mm -hmm. I sat down at 10 o'clock. I finished it around midnight. This is another one where this is probably not the last time I'll read it. No, definitely. I, I will be revisiting this. Into the Out Realms, I recommend if you like Fire Emblem. Yes. Into the Out Realms. It requires a bit more of an understanding of the games, I would it say. It requires a bit more of an understanding of the games. Or at least Awakening. Awakening. Yeah. Uh, Into but the Out most of which you can get from 10 minutes on the wiki. Because, like, Awakening has this mechanic where you can go, hem, Into the Out Realms. Yep. And basically get characters from Fire Emblem games past, Einrahars. Which are essentially... Um, <laughs> characters, it's trading cards. It's Pokemon. <laughs> I summon you, Marth! <laughs> But um, Into the Outrealms plays around with that in a way that's really neat, kind of exploratory of the old games and the old characters, but sort of brings it all together in one place. As for Dissonance, Dissonance, I recommend for the... Um, I recommend it for the hardcore. <laughs> I recommend Dissonance if you read Miracle... And you really want more of these characters, 
and you really want to know the context for Into the Outrealm. So you're saying I need to read Dissonance is what you're getting. You're getting to me, telling me that I should read Dissonance, which you know I've what? already decided I'm going to do. I just want to read Dissonance and then we won't record a podcast. Okay, it. we'll just discuss it on our own. <laughs> I mean, I almost want to read it just so I can find out if Frederick and Emma get together. <laughs> well, do not yet. I, I'll tell you what, um, we're about an hour and 20 minutes into this. That's a little bit longer than our last couple of podcasts. So I say we go ahead and end it here. Yeah. Um, and we will, I'll, I'll get this edited, get it up and we'll see what we can, uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> we'll see what we can, uh, figure out for next time. So thank you for joining us. I'm Nick. This has been Steven and Jesse. Peace. See you next time. See you and goodbye with the good Lord traitorous. Keep saying Prima, Prima. <laughs> I can't, I had to Google his name to remember how to say it. Prime.